Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, uh, should be here, possibly caught in traffic. Uh, they are both co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors, Get Going Young. So last week we had guests from the Veterans Administration on the program, had a lot of good information about vets and some of the benefits available to them. So uh, if you needed to reference that, you could find it on our website or a podcast. Next week, we're scheduled to talk to Mississippi Treasurer Lynn Fitch. So today, with Nancy being back in studio, we thought it would be a good day to do an open topic day. So annuities, IRAs, advisors, banking questions, planning for retirement, stocks, uh, you're in charge with the financial questions today. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You could send an email to money at mpbonline.com. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning, morning. Kevin. Good to have you back, Nancy. Uh, we always miss you when you're not here, although Ryder, Ryder does a great job filling in. I know he but, does. Oh, thanks. Always good to have uh, two two minds working on problems together. So, um, I just have half a mind these days. Okay, well, that's... Okay. <laughs> I uh, was in uh, Florida this last weekend and uh, went on the Dolphin Cruise. Was it cruise. cold? Um, it was windy, but it was uh, it was not cold. Uh, yeah, this has been an unusual spring. We're all just shivering around here still. And Saturday we got uh, some of the rain that had come through uh, um, Saturday night. So it had come through, I guess, Mississippi on, was it Friday, the severe weather? And Saturday, yeah. Saturday morning, yeah. And apparently from the radar, it looked like it was really, it was odd because it seemed like the weather stretched from the, almost the entire state. It's it odd did. to see a line of storms, you know, that uh, that massive. So hopefully uh, everyone got through that uh, without too much trouble. Uh, but went on a dolphin cruise, which I would not call a cruise because you don't guarantee that you see dolphins. We were lucky <laughs> enough that we did. Uh, but it was a nice cruise around the Pensacola Bay. But it's interesting to me that, you know, we traveled for like 45 minutes. And then finally the guy says, I think he says, I was just talking to another captain. I think we've got some over here. We'll, we'll, it'll be just to be a few minutes. And he <laughs> says, chase there's, down. there's 10 or 12 of them. So we putter over there. And of course, they're gone. And so he's like, I, the, the captain just told me he's over there. So finally, we did see them. Uh, and it was difficult to actually get a photo of them because, you know, my brother and I were naively thinking that when we pulled up, there would be, you know, flipper or the, the, the dolphin balancing a ball, beach ball on its nose or whatever. But that was not the case. No, you didn't realize that they would just take off in another right. direction. These are wild animals. They are not there. Uh, so we, the fact that we caught several, you know, fins up in the air and then a, a couple of times we saw pretty much the full length of them, we, we felt satisfied. But again, it was a great uh, tour of the Pensacola Bay. So if you're, you know, someone who likes getting out on the water, it was a it was a fun adventure. And like I said, did get to see the dolphins, so we we felt that we had uh, we had gotten our money's worth. Uh, let's uh, talk about uh, financial news in the news. Nancy, as you mentioned, uh, today, uh, due to a holiday, is a tax day. Right. So this is your final day to get your taxes in. And at my house, we're scrambling. This is your uh, final warning. This is it. We got word in the wee hours from our CPA, and, and then I couldn't remember the login on the <laughs> portal. So uh, we're trying to get that sorted out and uh, get those uh, forms in and checks written if you need to write checks. Uh, contributions to retirement plans. This is if you're filing today. This is the, your last time to get those in. If you're delaying, you do have uh, an extra time to get those uh, into those uh, SEP accounts and uh, IRA accounts. 
And uh, what other kind of, I guess the the, the whole uh, trade war has died down a little bit, I guess, at least in, in kind of in the general news. Yeah, but I was hearing something this morning. Did you hear this, writer about uh, the president making some comments about currency devaluation that had everybody just like, whoa, wait a minute. And the Treasury Secretary came out and said, no, that was Yeah, not I, I saw a headline intended. there, but didn't I, I didn't know what he was thinking, of course. Uh, that may not be possible to do. Um, but there was something about, uh, he thinks, um, uh, China and Russia keeping their currency uh, too cheap. Therefore, um, we're sending too much money overseas because of that. As I mentioned, it's an open topic day, so any personal finance question that you have for us, please give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. On the line right now is Jenny, who's on the road, called in today. Good morning, Jenny. Go ahead, please. Um, yes, my question is for Ryder. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Jenny. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, my current employer, I have a 401k with my current employer, and mm-hmm. it was a really good plan, and it was, it's with Mass Mutual. And mm-hmm. then we, our company just got bought out, and their 401k is with Fidelity Investments, or I think that's it. I don't have the information okay. in front of me. But I have five accounts with uh, Morgan Stanley and my financial advisor there. And in that, I have an individual RA, Roth RA. Uh-huh. I have an I have a, a, a money. I mean, a, a just a. If you've got five money. accounts, you've got everything. You've got just about everything. <laughs> I I have started saving at a very very young age. So uh-huh. I've, yes, I was raised a there, lot like you. I, there I you go. Your, I love your show. Well, thank Anyhow. You. My question is, my my advisor on the Morgan Stanley, he wants me to roll that over into his bank, which I would understand that, mm-hmm. and he has a, a 1% charge for managing my accounts mm-hmm. there, whereas as this other one, Fidelity Investments, they, he says he thinks they would do it for free, but, but, but they're not going to manage the account. But a while back, when I changed over to Mass Mutual, um, with that employer I have now, my advisor in Florida broke it down into Vanguard, different different mm-hmm. stock options, and I mm-hmm. diversified that, and I made like eighteen percent on it in a year. Mm-hmm. I know that I know the stock market was up. So, what would you advise me to do? Would you advise me to roll it over to the new employer's four hundred one k, or roll it over to uh, Morgan Stanley with a one percent charge? Um, well, just a couple things, kind of taking a step back. Four hundred one k over the past years, they've gotten a lot better about the kind of investment options you have in there. Um, but one thing with a 401k that your advisor is right to point out that is that they don't really offer advice. Um, there's, you know, there's there's just liability in offering advice. You're, you know, nobody at your employer really wants to, to be offering advice. And, and then the folks who work at the, so folks who work at Fidelity, they're not necessarily, you know, one, they don't know your financial situation. They're not trained to offer you advice. Um, so what it would come down to is look at your fidelity plan. And if it if it's actually a good, you can tell if it's a fairly good plan, you know, you, fidelity is probably not going to charge you any money for the account just to have the account. But look for um, some low-cost index funds. Um, Fidelity, they are the largest 401k provider, so they typically have 
they typically have all the options you want. You, you know, you typically don't have a, a problem with a fidelity slate. Um, so it would be very easy for you to just roll roll your old plan over into that new 401k. That being said, um, your advisor who you work with right now, he knows your he probably knows you and your financial situation better than anybody. Uh, he probably manage you know and he and as an advisor from that point of view we like to be able to have a good view on everything that's going on and it's also typically a little better if we can actually manage all of your different accounts because some clients you know they have an account here and there and we can't do anything about that we can't make that better for them so he may have some better options for you um, and that's probably why he's encouraging you to roll it over um, Again, typically an advisor who knows you, knows all of your other accounts, they can coordinate it a little bit better than someone who is just looking at your 401k. So that's that's how I would approach that. Uh, Jenny, I would say to you, Fidelity is a great, um, fun company. And with a 401k, your limits are what are limited in what we call the plan menu. So somebody has decided these are your fun choices. So often when somebody rolls it over, it's because they're like, well, I want more choices than that. Um, You're still working. And because you're still working, I'm assuming, sticking with Fidelity might be the better choice. Now, Once you fully retire, you may need more hands-on because at that point, you may be using that 401k to generate monthly income, Mm -hmm. and that's where an advisor can help you with structuring an account and uh, setting it up appropriately for you. And of course, once you're in an IRA account, then you have a whole lot more options as far as what to invest in. So you really, to see what the best choice is, you kind of look at what are my choices in Fidelity versus what I can get over at this advisor, and what are the cost? Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, knowing Fidelity as we do, it's going to be a tough thing to beat with their offering right now for you, based on your current situation, still employed. And I would say just uh, about the costs and costs and conflicts are two things you want to look for when rolling over. Which is why a lot of times, you know, you do want to be a little cautious if somebody's really keen for you to roll over an account. Um, but it sounds like your your guy is a fee only guy, uh, charging just one percent, because you you wouldn't want to roll it over to someone who's just going to churn it for commissions or he's going to put it in some annuity product that you don't need um, when you still have just such a great option with Fidelity. So you actually kind of have two really good options for slightly different reasons. All right, uh, Jenny, we, go ahead. I, under, I, I understand that, and my, my my plan is to retire at age 59 and a half and, and use my 401k because you can withdraw it without paying penalties at that time. Right, and what a lot of people tell us, Jenny, is that um, many will go ahead and roll it over once they retire because it is it's usually easier to get to your money um, when it's your own self-directed IRA versus in a 401k. Right. I agree with you. Thank right. you so much. Good luck. Thanks for the call. Uh, so if you're in a company that uh, matches with a 401k and then they are bought out do you, and they go with a different company, do you have to 
in order to well, keep you have to, to do something because um, yeah. uh, sometimes they will take the plan and automatically push it into a new plan. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, and what she's describing is they shut down an old plan. And when the old plan is shut down, you have to make a choice about what to do with that money because now you're in a new situation and you're starting from scratch. So you have to decide, am I going to take that and put it in the new plan or I'm going to take it and roll it to my own IRA yeah. where I will decide how to invest it. The, the one thing you don't want to do in that situation or when when changing jobs is just leave your old 401k somewhere and maybe forget about it. Um, also, another thing that just popped into my head about that is you want to look and see if there's any restrictions on the new 401k, because even if it has a great plan, a great slate, great customer service, if there's any restrictions on uh, putting money in or taking money out or with uh, rollovers while you're there, that might be a little bit of a little bit of a hassle. And you might want the flexibility of rolling it over to an IRA from the get go. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue taking your personal finance questions on this open topic week. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. We've got two calls on the line and an email to get to. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book, Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Let's hop right back on the phone lines. We will invite Wanda from Pontotoc to the show. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. Um, My husband has paid life insurance premiums over $100 a month for years. But when he turned 70 in three years, that life insurance, the benefits are gone. So do we have some sort of recourse about that policy or getting another one? Okay. um, There are different types of life insurance. There's a term life insurance, which sounds like what you might have. Yes, Um, And a term life insurance, all you're doing, it's not an investment product. You're just buying protection for the what ifs. You know, what if he died and we need to to, um, protect his income and generate additional income. And the terms that it's referring to is how long and how much. So it is you only purchase it up to a certain age and only purchase it for a specific dollar amount. So that's why it's going to run out 
at age 70. That's why it's going to, the term ends. Right. And he could um, re-up for another term, okay. but the problem is at age 70, it's going to cost you a whole it's lot be more. real expensive. Because he's older and there's a higher probability of him dying during that yeah. time that he's insured. So um, term insurance is what we usually recommend and to use it just as insurance. Protections against the what-ifs. And what we hope is by age 70 that maybe you've accumulated some other things, whether it's a 401k, you have a pension, you're retired, um, so that some of your income is already protected. You've become your own insurance company. Right. Okay. And so chances are he just doesn't need it anymore. Right. Much for your help. Okay. There we go. Thanks for the call, Wanda. But uh, there is no, I mean, recourse. That money is, is gone. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that was I mean, the it's just like It's just like car insurance. You right. pay car insurance or and house then, insurance. If nothing happens, you say, whew, nothing happened. But mm-hmm. there's no money accumulated to come back to you. Gotcha. Yeah, and so the reason that we recommend term insurance is because it, it, it only covers a certain amount of time. So, you, you know, it is generally a lot cheaper than whole life because it's one thing that's guaranteed to happen during your entire lifetime is that you die. Uh, it's, oh, no. That's, oh, yeah, I found that out recently um but within the next say 15 or 20 years you know there's a we can calculate that probability and we can and and an insurance company can cover that so you usually do that when there are other people who depend on your income and so often when you have a family when you have small children you want to cover them you know till maybe they're 18 or till they're 21 or so you want to cover yourself so that their their lifestyle can be protected if your income disappears so that that's why we use that and you know once you hit 70 if he's not you know, if he's not so earning tons of money and tons of people depending on him, he probably doesn't need it anymore. Okay. Oh, we've got another caller on the line, and it is Henry and Jackson. Good morning, Henry. Go ahead, please. Uh, good morning. My question is in regards to the uh, new 2018 tax rates. Mm-hmm. I think I continue to hear that uh, we're going to get a, a small tax reduction uh, in the in the coming year here mm-hmm. as compared to 2017, but I really haven't heard anybody uh, analyze that and, and indicate what it's going to be. So I um, sat down and, and took a look at the 2017 rates, a simple case for the you know the poor and the middle class from 50,000 to 150,000 dollars of income, standard deduction, personal exemptions, and then just going to the tax tables, doing that for individuals and for um, a family, no children. And uh, in each case, it turns out that from 50000 to 150000 we'll be paying $1,000 to $2,000 more taxes. I thought we were going to get a tax break. And then that's well, temporary and probably will go up. Well, so it, what's it, happening? Um, what's happening is um, every person's situation is different. And uh, so for people who are working right now, according to the tax tables, you're probably seeing a little extra money in your paycheck each time you're paid. For people who are retired or self-employed, we haven't quite figured it out yet. It won't be until they start filing their taxes next year. And, of course, we can talk averages all day long, but it depends. It depends on your income, on your uh, deductions, uh, the number of people in your household, all of those things. Um, We do have a doubling of the standard deduction, and so that changes the picture for some people. 
people, but we lose the personal exemption. Um, so for some people, yes, you are correct. Some people will end up paying a little more. Others will pay less. Um, and we haven't quite figured out what all that is going to look like. Um, so I'm I'm not sure when we did this analysis. It was earlier when 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 we knew about it. maybe it was December or January when I was looking at it and what it does look like. I'm not quite you know haven't looked at your numbers, but that's not what I found. It looked like um, a two to three percent bump in people's paychecks. So if you look at the withholding tables from last year and then look at the withholding tables this year, it should be about a two to three percent bump in the paycheck. And that translates to actually about a 15% decrease in the dollar amount of taxes paid pretty much across the board. I can't remember what dollar amount I went up to, but I did it by uh, ten thousands. Um, so that should be a, a decent little reduction in taxes for most people. And that's because the tax, some of the tax rates have inched down, you know, they've gone, you know, down a percent or two, but the dollar of income that it takes to hit that bracket has gone up quite a lot in most cases. So really, once you get over, uh, I mean, really, once you get over about 10 or $20,000, then you should start seeing a reduction. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not sure what your numbers are looking at. And like Nancy said, everyone does have a unique tax situation. Some people who have been getting both uh, an itemized deduction and an exemption before might end up getting a combined standard deduction that's lower this time. But for most people, also, just because most people skip out on itemizing when they could, uh, this should should actually be a little a little bit of a boost. But you are exactly right. In I think seven or eight years, it right. is just going right back up to where they were. So uh, the rug will be snatched from under you if you and, were getting a break. You know, the assumption with this because there there is a sunset clause, meaning these rates will go back to what they were before. The assumption has been, oh well, they will extend that. But if you are already looking at uh, the rise in our deficit. Uh, we have serious questions about that. So we're looking at this uh, few years' time as a window of lower tax rates that we want to take advantage of. All right, Henry. Well, thank- let me uh, let me ask you that that you go back and relook at that for your next uh, show to uh, do just what I did. I don't care about the withholding rates. I'm telling you, I went to the tax tables for 2017 and 2018, did it for individual and for family with no kids, taking simply income from 50000 to 150000 looking at the standard deductions and personal exemptions, and then the tax that will be applied, and it increases. All right, we'll look at that. That's tax. a great idea. We'll look at that. I'll write that down. Very good. Thank you so much. I'll be looking to hear it next time. All right. Thanks, Henry, for your call. Uh, We have an email here that says, I'm 30 years old. Is it too late to start a retirement plan? Uh, What steps would I need to take and how much do I need to save to be caught up as if I've always had It's never too late. (laughs) And 30 is a great time, even though we would love for it to be. It's never too early is what it is. Exactly. It's never too early. Um, uh, We would love for you to start as soon as you have that first job. Um, Even when you're in high school with a summer job and a part-time job, there are ways for you to still save for retirement. So, yeah, you need to get started. 
We've got some open phone lines. It's an open topic day. So give us a call with your personal finance question at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Email the show money at mpbonline.org. In the meantime, we do have a list of 50 personal finance habits that everyone should follow. This comes from time.com. These suggestions do. Number one is take advantage of your employer's flexible spending account. These accounts not only reduce your tax liability, but act as a de facto quasi-savings plan. Now, is this different from a health savings account? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I've tried flexible to Flexible savings these. account are not as flexible as the, the no, name might seem. No, because you have to figure out how much you're going to use. It may be for child care. It may be for some health expense that, that is not covered by your insurance plan. Whatever those things are, you have to figure out on the front end how much you want to save. And the problem is if you have to use that money in that calendar year. If you don't use it, you lose it. I, I think um, number one on the list might actually be not a great bit of advice, but we can take a broader lesson out of it, which is your employer probably offers a lot of benefits. And, you know, it might be just a, a weird array of benefits. You know, you got health insurance, you got a retirement plan, you might have some flex time, you might have this, that or the other. Look at your whole benefits package because that is part of your income. That is part of what you're working for. That is part of what you make. So while it might not actually make sense for everyone to take advantage of a flexible savings account, uh, particularly if you're forgetful or not so flexible, um, it does make a lot of sense to understand your pay package and your benefits very well. So All right. cross that one off. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we've got Carol on the line from Canton and a number of these personal finance habits from time.com to discuss as well. If you'd like to join in today, give us a call with your question. one mpb ring It's one 672 We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft. And uh, today we're taking your personal finance questions. It's an open topic day. You can call in with a question to one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 If you're not near the phone but want to send in a question via email, it's money at mpbonline.org. Canton has called uh, Canton. Carol has called in today from Canton. Carol, good morning. What's your question? Okay. Well, comment and a question, sir. If I okay. May. First of all, I want to thank you for your program. I'm uh, very informative. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, 
your commentators uh, for their uh, for taking the time to do it and to inform us. Um, the, my comment is that the, the gentleman uh, who preceded me expressed exactly my sentiments, and uh, you know those of us who are mostly uh, middle to lower income in this mm-hmm. in this nation are not going to end up benefiting from the so-called tax that is the super rich who will mm-hmm. and it's about high time somebody start telling that truth um, uh, the second thing is I uh, question and that is um, the companies like Valic who have uh, um, the four three B's mm-hmm. um, that um, okay I have a four three B I'm about ready to retire so where do I stick that money since I will no longer be employed, you know, and getting the benefits from it. So I would just like a, a recommendation of where I should take uh, that money. Thank you. Well, you can leave it. In, I can. You can, <laughs> but Valak is not our favorite. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this is this is a similar question yeah. to the call before about the retirement plan. Um, obviously, she was still working, but you can roll that over, and actually, they've made it a lot easier. You can now roll a 403B into an IRA. That didn't used to be the case. Uh, the problem is... Oh, you can. You yes. can, actually, yes. yes. Uh, that's a f- uh, fairly newer thing. Yeah. It didn't used to be the case. Um, but but the trick is just knowing what Valak is going to allow, how they require you to take that. But they should let you roll that into an IRA somewhere else if you're either uh, have a financial advisor you can work with or roll it over to somewhere like a Vanguard or a Fidelity, a large place that's going to be able to give you some not super specific advice, but some decent advice and help you help you out with your questions. And the big issue is, is you have to think about, well, what do I need for that money to do? Is it going to be just park somewhere and that's my money that will cover some big events in my life as I age? Or am I going to have to start drawing money from that every month to help with my uh, expenses? And okay. um, But as Ryder said, what they've done with the law is the 403Bs, we've been seeing some changes to make them more like 401Ks. So yes, you can leave it there or you can roll it over. Rolling over means you need to just find a good place that can accept that money. Um, uh, he mentioned Vanguard and Fidelity. Those are good options. You can use TD Ameritrade, Schwab, which are discount brokers. And you, then you have to decide, are, are you comfortable setting this up and making your own investment choices, or do you need help? Um, uh, will I incur a penalty for rolling it over? No, no, no. What you're going to do is you have to open up an IRA account first, And then once you have an IRA account, that money at Valak will go straight to the new custodian, whether it's a Fidelity or a Schwab. And so it's called an institution-to-institution transfer, even though because it's former 403B money, we call it a rollover. I have a Roth IRA. Would that be a place? Um, no, moving it to a Roth IRA, you would, could, you could, but you would you would have to pay taxes, income taxes on that whole amount, um, because that's oh. right. Because a Roth IRA, the money that goes into a Roth IRA already, you pay taxes on it before you put it in. So since you oh. haven't paid taxes on this four hundred three b money, putting it into that Roth IRA would incur taxes. But wherever you have that Roth IRA, you can just talk to them, and they could just easily enough open up a, a regular IRA for you. And just talk to them about oh, so that situation. Mm-hmm. 
So a regular IRA would be the place to park, could it? Yes, ma'am. It's often called a traditional IRA or maybe a rollover IRA, but that's, okay. that's it's yeah, the, it's the other IRA. And what you need to do is, okay. is um, Carol, go back to Valak. And, and you need to tell them, I'm going to roll this over to an IRA, and, mm-hmm. and then they will explain to you what the process is. Some companies will let you do this over the phone. Some will actually send you a big packet of paperwork that you have to complete. I think Valak oh, no. will probably send you a big packet of paperwork. Yeah, probably will. In my, in my most recent experience, they will. All right, uh, Carol, thank you for your call. Uh, This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines for your call today at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Next on the line is Frank in Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I'm glad we got the experts here again today. All right. Oh, Frank, I was just waiting Happy for you Tuesday, to call. Happy Tuesday, Frank. <laughs> no editorial comments today, guys. Simple question. When I first started doing my taxes, and for the first 10 years I did my taxes, every year I was sorely disappointed that I could never reach the average tax refund. And it was always anywhere from 2500 to $3,500 a year. And I kept saying, what was I doing wrong? Making too much money, Frank. That's why. That's right. Well, no, a friend of mine who was a... Uh, getting his uh, PhD in statistics said, you dummy, when he said, look at it this way. You're in a room with nine people playing pool, and everybody gets a $1,000 a year tax refund. Bill Gates comes in, and he gets a $100 million tax refund every year, so your average tax refund goes up astronomically. So I've been searching uh, Google and the IRS sites, and I put in median tax refund. That is, what is the amount of tax refund where half of the people get more and half of the people get less, and I cannot find it? Can you help me find this elusive number, which I think would be a much better... Uh, um, well, you're right. You're right. This is a great that's, lesson in math and statistics. That's a good isn't statistics it? lesson. Yeah. Um, comments. And, and median is a better. When we talk about household incomes, we talk about the median household income. And average can be skewed because of somebody way at the top or way at the bottom. Um, so I don't know. Where can we find the median? Okay. Refund? So I'm not sure how how granularly they break this out, but the source of all of this data is, of course, the Treasury. So check treasury.gov. Okay. Um, they, they, I know they do publish um, the cumulative amount of refunds. I mean, you can check every week during tax refund season and see how much they have sent out in refunds. Um, I'm not sure how detailed they get that data, uh, but they may, they may, you may be able to get median out of them. Um, um, and here's uh, a fun thing. Uh, let me just jump in. Mm-hmm. What's the number they are required the top Top number of returns every year is it 140? Which oh the the number that's like over a certain amount. Yeah, well it's not over a certain amount. It's just the top earners, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's 140. I don't remember. And you can go find the information on that group. That is fascinating to look at because what you find is these top earners are getting most of their money, their income from investments, which means mm-hmm. they're paying lower rates than a lot of us are paying. So, and 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 one thing I'll point out, um, it's the 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 
reason it's skewed is actually income wise might be exactly the opposite of what you and your friend were discussing because most people who make a very large amount of income aren't paying taxes throughout the year. They're not having that people making a large amount of income are folks making it from investments and from business and they may be paying quarterly estimates and things like that, but they're not having it withheld from their paycheck like you and I are. Um, the folks who get some of the kind of the, the group getting large refunds of kind of normal folks is actually the earned income tax credit. Because that is for folks who are making, um, you know, poverty line, depending on your family size or less ish. This is not tax advice. I don't know the exact figures for this. And they get some fairly large refunds um, and they get them, you know, fairly quickly as well. That's why, you know, kind of like mid February, there's all, I think this February, um, in one week, they sent out $60 billion worth of refunds. That wasn't, that wasn't $60 billion going to Bill Gates. That, that was $60 billion going to folks who filed their taxes on the first day possible at the place where the guy was holding up the we do your taxes for $100 sign because they got the earned income tax credit and they were getting several thousand dollars back. So that's that's what <coughs> skews refunds for most folks. Um, it is it, High earners are, mo- are, are, paying, are the ones paying it, and that's why they like delaying. All right, Frank. Could, on? Yeah. Go okay, ahead. Editorial comment alert. All right. Oh, no. Uh, you're going to have to call back for that. You said you weren't going to give us one. <laughs> in, in, my, in my philosophy, there are only three economic classes in this country. You have the poor, which um, um, it was very eloquently described as the poor folks who really don't pay any taxes, but who get, in fact, uh, earned income tax credits. Right. And you've got the very, very wealthy who make money on their money. In fact, they make so much money doing nothing that they can't spend it all. That's what Carnegie said. You can't give it away quick enough. And everybody else, everybody else is in the middle. So editorial comment finished. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty generous middle. I mean, I think there's still some pretty wealthy people in that middle. But, yeah, that's about right. Hey, guys. I love you. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Frank, for the call. Uh, Let's get one final call in before the next break, and it goes. Did he say I love you? Uh, He said. You know, he never said that when it was just me on the air, Kevin. I, I, I'm speechless. I, I'm speechless, too. Ryder has brought out the best in you. Uh, William is on the line from Meridian. William, good morning. What do you have for us? Uh, yes, I am a state employee, and I've been paying into PERS for the last five years, and I'm going to be moving to Alabama to work for the state as well. And I found out that my retirement is not transferable from PERS to Alabama's state employee retirement system. Um, I have children, and I was going to withdraw my retirement and put it into uh, a college savings account. No. No, don't do that. No? No, Um, because it is retirement money. All right. So the first thing, if I have somebody who's working for the state, paying into PERS, and they leave, the first question is, well, do you anticipate ever coming back and taking a state job? I don't. Okay. If you don't, then you really need to take that money with you. It's back to this whole conversation we've had all uh, the entire hour about rolling it over. 
If you just take that money out, let's say it's $5,000. If you just take it totally out, that's $5,000 of pure income that's never been taxed. You're going to have a big tax bill. Okay. And so it makes more sense for you to go ahead and roll it over to an IRA. The okay. the topic of preparing for your children's education needs to be separate, but also understand that with retirement accounts, there is an exception for withdrawing without penalties, which is for educational expenses. So if okay. I've got somebody who said, well, should I save for my children's education or should I save for my retirement if I can't do both, save for your retirement they will um, it is calculated less if they apply for any kind of grants or scholarships and um, it does have this ability for you to take some of that out and use it for college someplace down the road okay Um, I I guess I I misread online it was my interpretation that if you uh, withdrew and put it into a college savings account that there wasn't a penalty and it wasn't counted as income well, did I, did I misunderstand that? I, yes. I, I don't okay. think that's correct. Now, yeah. if you put it in a college savings plan in Mississippi, you would get a break on the state income tax, but we okay. still have federal income tax. So I don't, I don't know unless there's something weird there that we are not aware of. Okay, so I should transfer it to an IRA, and just there's no penalty. I don't have to pay any. Any taxes on it? No. no. Just do what we mentioned before, which is go open an IRA account somewhere. Okay. Um, come back to PERS and say, I want to do a rollover. They're going to give you some paperwork. Yeah, and they'll call it a okay. direct rollover or a trustee-to-trustee rollover, something like that. Okay, and, and with that, would that, would it be advisable to do one through the, the whatever financial planner that the state of Alabama uses, or should I shop for all? Oh, I would I would use your own definitely. That'll give you the okay. most flexibility. I I don't know Alabama's um, pension system that intimately. I'm a little surprised you can't just transfer your work credits over to them. I was surprised as well because I um, they they would yeah because um, Alabama has a they have a pretty good retirement system as well. They and and they may offer a, a sort of a, a deferred compensation part as well. Um, like Mississippi has MDC and that you know MDC is something you can roll an old 401k or something into or another uh, plan into but I you know if they don't allow you're going to have more flexibility if you have your own IRA Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, William. Let's take one final break. When we get back, we've got Bob from New Albany. We'll get to his question. And if you have a question, we'll get to your question as well. one mpb ring is the phone number. Call us at 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lodger-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. We've got a caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Bob in New Albany. You're on the air, Bob. Go ahead. Okay, I've got a two-part question. Uh, one is about the required minimum distribution. Uh, understand under the new law, that uh, the new tax law, that we can uh, put that directly into a charitable contribution, and mm-hmm. it will come right off the top of our income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm wondering if that's the most uh, advantageous way to handle that. And then another question would be a person that was uh, under, I guess, 59 and a half, can they make a charitable contribution directly uh, from their uh, IRA or retirement plan? Uh, that's my question. Thank you. Um, so, so as far as the first thing, yes, that is true. You can take your RMD. So, if if you have an IRA and you are over seventy and a half, so seventy people always ask why seventy and a half. That's the year in which you are mostly seventy. Um, you you can't send. You're required to take distributions out because you got this tax break on it all your life, and now IRS is knocking at your door saying, "Hey, you got to start taking that money out and paying some taxes on it." But they give you you one last out you can send that directly to a charity and that way as um, as Bob said it doesn't get included on your income at all so that's really advantageous because you know it's not that you have the income and then you donate it it's just you don't show that income at all now to do that make sure that you call the uh, the folks who manage your IRA or the folks who custody your IRA and tell them that this is a charitable deduction or this is a charitable contribution and they can send that check directly to the charity. And it has to be a recognized charity. Yes. Um, they have to have the status of a charity and be recognized as tax exempt. Yeah. I, I have seen some issues with somebody maybe just writing a check on his IRA and it just didn't get coded as a charitable contribution. So, you know, while he still gets the charitable contribution because he made it, it, it doesn't work out as efficiently. And this is a really good deal, particularly with this new tax law, because of the expanded standard deduction. Uh, previously, if you were making enough to itemize your de- charitable contributions, maybe this year you're not able to, but you're still able to get that same benefit. You actually almost get twice the benefit just by giving it directly um, away. Um, and as far as giving it from your IRA, if you're not um, 70 and a half, if you or haven't Fifty nine and a half is what he said. Okay, so if you've hit fifty nine and a half, I'm afraid there'd be a penalty because it's uh, early withdrawal. Oh, right? if you're under fifty nine yeah. and a half. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's allowed for under fifty nine and a half. I was I was thinking it's okay for pretty much any withdrawal, but. If you're under fifty nine and a half, just don't withdraw from your IRA. That's that's my best bit of advice there. All right, Bob, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Just a couple of minutes left. We can maybe go through a couple more of these uh, 50 personal finance habits everyone should follow. These is advice from time.com. We talked about the flexible spending account, uh, and Ryder kind of expanded that to just uh, be aware of all of the benefits uh, that your employer might offer you uh, and see what where you could uh, gain from there. And number two, something we talk about on the show all the time, tracking your income and expenses. Obviously, uh, you know, you can't keep 
uh, handle on your uh, your money and lets you know where it's coming from and where it's going. Yeah. And I'll say uh, my friends uh, who live in, in Florida, a couple of young guys kind of just starting out on their own. The last time I visited, which is last weekend, he was showing me that they have started doing just that. So I was very proud of that. It is a good habit to be in to knowing knowing exactly where your money is coming from and knowing exactly where your money is going to. Number three, be careful not to overspend on gifts. Well, hey, now, hey, now, I'm actually going to say if you're a generous person and you love giving people extravagant gifts. And that's, you should see and the that gifts is your he gives. No, you I, should see the gifts he gives. I'm terrible at giving gifts. He is. Yeah. I didn't. I did not expect to get called out on the radio for that. Um, I don't think that's super appropriate. But I'm not very good at giving gifts. That's right. That's right, MPB listeners. If you're expecting a gift from me, it's gonna be awful, or you're not gonna get one. Actually, I'd rather not. I think give a Ryder gift. is extremely generous and lovely. I just don't give good gifts, though. All right. He doesn't. Uh, now you can only overspend when you're giving me a gift. No, I'm sorry. That's. Uh, but yeah, that makes sense. I would say. I would say. You know, with tracking your income and expenses. If the thing you like doing is giving gifts, then give gifts. Don't don't feel bad about it. So long as you know if if it's causing a major problem in your budget, that's a problem. But if that's what you like, that's what you value, that's what makes you happy. It's your money. Well, I would also say that if you go way overboard and be very extravagant, you, it might be you might be putting your friend or the gift recipient in a bad light because then they would feel bad about. Oh my gosh! Well, that's true. Well, yeah. if that gift is over fourteen thousand dollars, then you're 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 responsible for paying the taxes on it. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we will kind of wrap things up here. So um, get those. Keep your gift under $14,000 and you'll be safe. Um, so that, That's fair. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, next week we will be visiting with Mississippi Treasurer Lynn Fitch. So that might be something that you want to tune into. And always, uh, you can view past episodes on our webpage, mpbonline.org. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. Thanks to Liz Gill, our producer, and Java Chapman, our call screener. So for Nancy Lotcher-Janderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next, it's our 10 a.m. show in legal terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.